Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Arthur Friedenrich. <laughs> You'll discover why that's relevant uh, in around, well, 10 minutes. After you've heard from Gary Lineker, who joined us on H&J today. He was good, wasn't he? Uh, he was on good form, definitely. Yeah. So uh, you'll hear a bit of Gary discussing some of his former clubs and his podcasts, etc., etc. And uh, we're going to talk bowls yes. and uh, a world record, which, mm. we, which we doffed our caps to uh, one of the people that did it. So, uh, well, here it all is on the H&J Daily. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, it's good afternoon, Paul. A nice evening of... Uh... European football, yeah, 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 yeah. Plenty of big games. Yeah, I thought uh, Tottenham did all right. They got a point. It wasn't a, the best performance they've ever put in, but it's not an easy place to go. I thought people have been a bit hard on them. It was a bit disappointing after the way they'd played. I mean, I think Son was the determining factor at the weekend, and he he didn't start. He only got a little cameo at the end. It was just a lack of urgency at times. It was almost like. And Don Bele and uh, Ericsson were playing in Valbuena's testimonial. <laughs> it's like, like they clapped him on. It was all a bit half-paced. I, I just thought, well, Once it was surely if you're in the midfield of a Champions League game, you expect to be closed down. You, especially when you're away from home and get when the crowd are winding them up. Yeah, you don't expect to be able to sort of tarry on the ball a while, do you? You've just got to, you know. I just couldn't understand the lack of urgency in the way they played. And Sanchez really is not a right back. He's not a right back. We He's saw not. it against Arsenal. Why didn't we saw it last Peters? night? I don't know. Look, he was on the bench, so he's yeah. obviously fit enough to play. But we've seen it. He's in the wrong position most of the time. He doesn't look comfortable. He gets... All right, anyway. No surprise I, when... I tend to agree with you, though. I, don't, no. I think we may look back on it and say that's a pretty decent result. Yeah, no surprise when Delhi got the hook. It's not... It's just no, not I, don't, I don't quite see what his job is at the moment for no. Spurs. I don't quite see where he plays or how he fits in. I mean, that, that'll change, I'm sure. He needs games. But it, was, it was an odd performance, really. It was a little bit, but it's still point to point. We've uh, invented a new verb uh, to Ellery, or you've been Elleried. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gareth Bale was Elleried yesterday. Mm. I mean, it completely ruined that game. I mean, we've been talking about this for months. You knew this was going to happen. How many more great goals are we going to be denied? And what, how much better would that game have been at 2-1 at half-time? Yeah. Well, I have a chat to Gary about this, because he's been tweeting about today. Yeah, so the amount talking of, about it a lot. Because there's a lot of people that are looking at it and saying, well, it, it's no different from Thierry Omri against Ireland. It's it's a, a handball. He's controlling oh, it with his hand off. and it's set it up. No, okay, it it's interesting. <laughs> but a lot of people are saying I don't see the difference. And it's a deliberate handball. I think uh, Gary's feeling. He says most of the pros on there are saying wasn't deliberate. Well, it Should have been a goal. That's why. 
It's clear. And uh, it was very interesting watching Madrid because I wanted Hazard to do well because, you know, I thought he'd put in a great shift at Chelsea. And But I was pleased to see Courtois struggling. Right, OK. Yeah, so Although, you, you told me, I've seen a couple of quotes purportedly yeah, from Hazard where he's had a bit of a pop at the Chelsea fans. He, he feels out of character, No, he, he hasn't had a pop at the Chelsea fans. What he said is that fans in Spain, the Madrid fans, are more passionate than the fans in England. We know this, that fans in abroad and in South America are different to yeah. English fans. English fans have a passion in their own way. It's a different type of passion. I, I didn't take it as a slight, but, you know, I suppose you could do really. Mm. I wouldn't. Um, and you've got to say that bail off and leaving Hazard on the way he was playing because he was so rusty. That's yeah. P45 coaching for me. I mean, I, I just think it was mad. What was he doing? Bale was their best player. We're going to have a uh, chat with Graham Hunter about this a little bit later on. There's something is not right, really, in the relationship, you would think, between Zidane and, and the president. And yeah. James Rodriguez, what a shadow of a player he was from the 2014 World Cup. I know. Absolutely hopeless, really. Uh, Cardi went off. I, I, I'm surprised. I didn't even know he was playing. What a strange <laughs> game. And... Uh, um, just by the by, though, have you ever heard of Arthur Friedrich? This has nothing to do with last night's game. This is a new subject. Have you ever heard of Arthur Friedrich? Have you ever heard of Arthur Friedrich? No, I haven't, no. Neither had I. And I made a joke with somebody who was talking about him, and I said, oh, who does he play for? And he was actually a footballer. He was a footballer, and he was a great hero in Brazil in the 1930s. Where, where I've did never this, heard of him. Where did this conversation about Arthur was on, Friedrich was, pop up? I saw this thing on Twitter. A bloke was talking about Arthur Friedrich. And I said, who does he <laughs> He's never for? had so many mentions. <laughs> I know. You, you look him up. He's got a, quite an amazing career. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that I'd never heard of him. But right. I hadn't. So there you go. Any other people you haven't heard of? <laughs> so, uh, only Arthur Friedrich. What, um, <laughs> the only person you've never heard of, and now you've got, you've ticked that particular box. One, yeah. What what had he done then in his career? He was an amateur. He was the first mixed race player in Brazil. Yeah. He played his career lasted about twenty years. It was was he was he Brazilian? Yes, he was Brazilian. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Not a very Brazilian name, is no, it? No, I presume that, you know, originally his ancestors from I don't Europe. think Tim Vickery would pronounce it Arthur Friedrich, <laughs> would he? <laughs> well, get him on, ask yeah. him. I bet he would. Oh, Friedrich. Yeah. Something like that. Friedrich. 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 Yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah, it would be something like that. Anything else on him? Uh, no, nothing Could he else play on the him. spoons? No, I have no idea. You look him up. Uh, and people will look you him up. You ever played bowls going, for 32 hours? Honestly, I guarantee when you look him up, you go, I can't believe I've never heard of this bloke. <laughs> That's what I did, anyway. It's always a joy to unearth a story like that, isn't yeah. it? When you get a real kind of, uh, just a sports yeah. story from the past you'd never heard of. We'll ask Gary if he's ever it's heard of It's always fantastic. Of well, I mean, that could be a very short conversation. <laughs> um, no. The Duke of Kent. Uh, I mentioned him yesterday. I've heard of him. Yeah, we hadn't seen anything uh, from him since Wimbledon, but yeah. uh, to be fair, he was in the court circular today. He's resurfaced. He went to a concert at Fairfield Halls. Fetch your cloth. Exactly. Yeah. Fairfield Halls in Croydon. Nice, I yeah. bet he thought it was an indoor tennis <laughs> tournament. Obviously. He probably did. <laughs> he probably walked in and thought, where's the net? <laughs> where's the umpire's chair? Exactly. Everything he goes to, mm. do you think they have to bring a little bit of tennis into it? Like if he goes to the, the, the Haberdasher's Hall or whatever and there's all these blokes in ermine and they're going to have some big posh yeah. dinner, they bring in the suckling pig. Does it have to be brought in by Buster Mottram and, uh, and, and Perry, Perry Suckling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> what? When, when 
Or Arthur Friedrich. <laughs> yeah. There he was. He, he, he was. loved his suckling. But he, he brought the first suckling pick to Brazil. <laughs> if you've got any other things that Arthur Friedrich did this afternoon <laughs> to amaze Andy with, just make him up. Make him up. And we'll add to the list of the bloke you've never heard of, Arthur Friedrich. And uh, well, I'll tell Andy, did you know, Andy, that uh, Bob from our broth tells me Arthur Friedrich, etc. So uh, let's add to the legend, uh, albeit made up of uh, a man we'd never heard of until a few moments ago. Even members of the Friedrich family uh, had never heard of him. That's how enigmatic he was. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby, Andy Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. Joining us in the studio now to chat about the book of the podcast uh, behind closed doors is Gary Lineker. Good to see you, Gary. And like, likewise. Yeah. Likewise. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, as I say, a book of a podcast is 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 yeah. an odd route, isn't it, really? It's, it's, it proves it's how much a new avenue. You yeah, see, you've got to invent <laughs> things. <laughs> the podcast didn't nearly happen, though, did it? Because I think Danny was telling us uh, a little while ago that um, you thought uh, that he was ignoring your messages. Oh, yeah, well... That, Danny's one of these the, the very few people on earth now I think who doesn't have a mobile phone so mm. um, I, I was talking about doing a podcast for ages with our production company Goldhanger Films and we were because we got one or two other podcasts going we, and my partner with Tony we were talking he said well who, what, what kind of podcast mm. do you want to do I said well I don't want to really sit there and talk about the weekend's fixtures I kind of do that on my yeah, yeah. Mm. that's the day job so I, and he said well what would you do? I said, I don't know, maybe like a fun football broadcaster thing. And he went like, who? I went, I don't know, someone like Danny Baker. So mm. he went, that's a great idea. And I didn't really know Danny. I met him a couple of times. Um, but we followed each other on Twitter. So I kind of thought, oh, I'll direct message him. And he, but he didn't, he didn't reply for about five, six yeah. days. And I thought, oh, all right then. I'll t-. And then I t- <laughs> did another one saying, I'll take that as a no then. And then he came back. Then he went, oh, I'm sorry, I've been away. And he says, I don't have a mobile phone. I only can do it from a computer at home and this stuff. So I said, well, let's meet up. And we met up and said, well, you know, sounds like a good idea. Let's have a bit of fun. And we said, well, what sh- how should we plan it? He went, well, we won't plan it. We'll just talk. And, yeah. and that's kind that's of what we style. do. Mm. That's his style. And mm. it's. And I was kind of a little bit worried that I wouldn't think of enough kind of stories to tell because that's the kind of what we want mm. to do, anecdotal stuff. Um, but it's amazing how many things like trigger memories yeah, that have, yeah, that have yeah. come back. So it's been a bit of a fun. And then the book obviously is kind of the next step on and kind mm. of elongates some of the stories, etc. Yeah, some of the stories you didn't get round to, and they yeah, say exactly. expanding on some of the and others. Kind of, you write a chapter, he writes a chapter. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah, it's kind of alternates. And then there's a couple of chapters that are split. Like we do a chapter on Gaza. You and do, yeah, Gaza yeah. stories. Mm. Got. Funny, he just texts me Gaza. She's always good news. Yeah, always that's good. good. That's good. Um, so yeah, so it, it kind of works that way. And and we did the, I did the audio, but I've never done an audio book. Mm. Good lord, that's a process. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That takes a bit of so time. So you did it in the same way. You both you yeah. both went in and okay, right? What we should have done is I should have done his chapters. Yeah, and we should have done mine. <laughs> really confused people. <laughs> it's interesting because you like you're coming out from apart from the, the times when you kind of overlap with Gaza and things yeah. like that. It comes at it from different angles, but it works yeah. for that reason. I think. Yeah, I think podcast. it's the same reason that, that the podcast has, has yeah. worked. So I didn't, you didn't know it would, but you know, I come at football from kind of a, the professional who's been in it and broadcasting mm. all his life, and Danny comes from it as a as a broadcaster and primarily as a fan yeah. who 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 loves the game and so the stories are different and different perspectives and it's it's a combination that we weren't sure would yeah. would, would would 
please everybody, but mm. it, it really does. He's got incredibly be... strong opinions. That he hates VAR, doesn't he? For example. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, lots of opinions. I totally disagree with Danny. He comes mm. like left. You know, he'll have a view on everything, and, and and particularly about football. And a lot of them, I genuinely disagree. Which I think is also. A good thing because yeah, it's all yeah, a bit yeah. boring, isn't it? In life, if we all agree on everything, <clears throat> mm. but no one agrees on anything these days. No, anyway, yeah. all sorts of aspects of life. But no, it's, um, and Danny's funny, and he's got a music. Yeah. He's got an incredible memory oh, yeah. um, for for various stories, sure. detail as well. Yeah, detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the section on cooking at the back. Well, yeah, that's, it's not <laughs> often you get recipes in a book like this, but you uh, would. That was the way you would do the I podcast. Know from yeah. Instagram, you you yeah. were a very keen cook. I, I, it's a new passion. I've been doing it about four years. I love it i've got kind of obsessed um it, and cook for my boys a lot and cook for friends and i cook every monday i cook for the podcast but when they come there's usually i don't know it's probably between six and ten people normally. yeah 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 so i i do something it's quite limiting because i'm because danny can't eat any spice whatsoever because he obviously he's his throat cancer thing yeah. a, a, a few years ago um, we've got a vegan we've got a vegetarian we've got this it's, 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 it's not, a nightmare but I, you know, yeah it's from become a thing and then I was talked into putting two or three yeah. of the recipes that I've used it's in good. the back of the book the, uh, he, he, he raves about your minestrone soup especially yeah, right. he says you get seven, <laughs> 17 of your five a day from it yeah you just pile it all yeah, in yeah, there yeah. what about Danny's yeah. tomato sandwich have you tried well I'm that? not no it sounds gross <laughs> but he, I, I'm sure it tastes better <laughs> than it sounds yeah what was your pre-match meal then was there one thing you were married well, to when you were playing not really it changed it's, funnily enough for a player that was immensely superstitious mm. particularly in my early days um, my, my pre-match kind of meal did very it, in the early days this is how things have changed in terms of nutrition we had steak and chips yeah. <laughs> I was genuinely eating steak and chips mm. from probably when I was 17 to 22 A at that age it was like my god get a steak yeah. you never got a steak back yeah. then how long before the match though would you um, have it would be you know it would normally be about 11, 30, 12 o'clock Say play at three. three hours, yeah, yeah, I mean, take about four hours. Well, you never do that. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never do that. Now, <laughs> would you? No one knows to get stomach cake. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Say, coming out from a fan and a player's point of view, you are clearly a, a, a fan, and we saw that. Yeah. When, yeah. But it's kind of wonder if a footballer can ever really be a fan in in the same way, just a fan. Yeah. It's a bit like musicians when they listen to music. They're not listening to the music, they're listening yeah. to the musicians. Yeah, I think there's a degree of truth in, in, in that. But I think <clears throat> what, what what genuinely surprised me is is how that after my... When you're a player, you're a player. You, you know, you, you whichever club you're playing for, yeah. that's your club, and you'll inherit <clears throat> the... <clears throat> The hatreds or the rivalries, etc. So you know, when I moved from Leicester to Everton, I you know, all of a sudden you you have that that loathing of Liverpool or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That rivalry, should say, is probably a better word. And then went to Barcelona, it was Real Madrid, and then back to Tottenham, it was Arsenal, etc. But mm. but when you finish playing, that kind of goes away, and all of a sudden I was a Leicester fan again. And then that gradually grew and grew and grew. And to be honest, when you talk about can you be a fan again? When Leicester won the league, yeah. I genuinely feel that that was the best sporting moment of my life. Wow! And I was had no part in it whatsoever. Nothing to do with me. It was just, but it was to do. We it was a miracle. You, though, everyone did, really. yeah. And and everyone like it was. It was one of those very rare things where actually most of the country. Mm. Wanted the same thing, yeah, and yeah. It, and but the fact it was, it was my team. Yeah, you, you didn't, know, of course. Did, did, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, kind of, this no. is the thing. We got Leicester Spurs this well, week, I and I know yeah, of course. You, you do retain. It's not like Leicester because that's you, you know your hometown and the oh. first club you play for, etc. But you do retain a bit of a, oh, no, a thing I for Tottenham. Yeah, I did to all my former clubs. Yeah. You know, Barcelona as well, massive. I know it was only one year at Everton, but mm. there's still, you know, I had a warmth at all those clubs, and um, yeah. 
you know, it's like when Leicester won the league. I just wish it had been someone else other than Tottenham who yeah. had suffered from Hazard's, you know, equaliser towards the end. But um, aside from that, it was it was completely magical. But yeah, I do have an affinity towards Spurs. You know, I don't. Yeah. I never feel the need to try and. You, you say a warmth is interesting in the book you talk about when you first got to Everton and they they announced all the names yeah. there and they were a bit lukewarm day one weren't well, they they certainly were I, did, I, I, <laughs> I, I remembered I was like the first game I think we um, the first it was certainly the first home game mm. and they, they, they they announced the names of the players before the match it's like number so and so number seven Trevor Stephen number six Peter Reid whatever, Paul Bracewell and then all big cheers and then it went num- I was number eight then. Yeah. I said number eight Gary Lineker and it was like there was quite a distinct sound of a lot of booing <laughs> oh, no. and it wasn't coming from the away fans in the corner it was coming from the home fans now the reason was they told Andy Gray Andy Gray was a hero yeah, yeah. And, and quite rightly so mm. which I totally got and I'd, it was like one of those oh what have I done here I didn't go to the right place and then and then I was I think it was about three games in I hadn't scored and then I was getting absolute pelters in the, the Liverpool Echo as you did back then as a as a as a player and I thought, God, this is not gonna be easy. Then I then I scored a away at Spurs, funny enough. Yeah, again. Yeah. Um, I remember um, that was a one header, nil header diving header, yeah. yeah. And then I think I got three in the next match and then two or vice versa, and all of a sudden I was top scorer in the league and then Gradually, the criticism kind of dissipated, and mm. actually, by I think by Christmas, when they read out at number eight, Gary Lineker, it was way. All's well that ends yeah. well. You won them over. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. Gary Lineker with us in the studio. We're chatting about the book of the podcast behind closed doors with Gary and, uh, and Danny Baker. And uh, Gary just did something in the break, which is that kind of long lineage of match of the day presenters. Uh, you put the glasses on, Gary. And I was, we used to say about um, Des, when something happened, if something broke at 10 o'clock or a manager had lost yeah, their job, right. you'd see Des, he'd lean for and he'd get his glasses. Oh, God, what's well, happened? Suddenly you've got to read serious? a bit of copy. And I have the same problem. You put I know, the bins well. on, something's happened. Yeah, exactly. It's like Walter Cronkite. <laughs> after, after Kennedy was assassinated, you know, on they go, something big's happened. Yeah. Um, you, now, you write yeah. about your broadcast career in the book, and uh, we just introduced you there to Joe Shannon, yeah. whose dad is Bob Shannon, yeah. who worked with you, and it was an interesting transition from the game to broadcasting for you, because it wasn't easy at first, was it? Oh, no, I've I said this before, but I think I was born to be in the box, not on the box. Um, <laughs> so football came kind of naturally. Mm. Um, but... Um, Television, particularly and, and radio, when I first started doing it, was it was it was hard. It took you, mm. you know there was so many times. I used to uh, uh, Bob Wilson left for ITV, and I I wanted to present. That was my goal mm. because I thought if I could crack presenting in football, there might be a little niche there because no other you know playing right at the top in football has has done that. You know Bob mm. Wilson obviously was a, was a goalkeeper and, and and showed that was the case. Um, Jimmy Hill did a bit of presenting, but was primarily a pundit. But he was a player. But um, I just thought if I could crack it, it, there'd be a niche for me and perhaps give me a bit of longevity, which has obviously turned out to be true. But when I first started, there were so many times when I was doing football focus, I'd drive home on a Saturday afternoon thinking, I'm, I'm never ever going to be able to <laughs> mm, do really? this. Even though, but it, I wasn't quite bad enough for them to to get rid of me. But uh, you know, it was kind of difficult. Because there's no. No way you can kind of practice doing live television. No, no. It's, you've just like it's in at the deep end, and yeah. I was in at the deep end on BBC One, not 
you know, some obscure satellite channel somewhere where you could learn your trade with hardly anyone watching. Mm. It was a big audience. So it, it, it was tough. It was hard. And then, I don't know, two, three years in, you start to get a little bit comfortable in the environment. You become yourself. You're more relaxed. And then ultimately people decide whether they like you or not. Now, obviously all of us are disliked by some, but it's a good question <laughs> of the percentages. As long as they're in your favour, yeah, you're okay. Course. Yeah, yeah, you, you you can be fairly combative, uh, combative on social media, and you took the Twitter today on a, on the football. Yeah. We're going to deal with the football stuff. Messi is he the greatest of all time? I know mm. you think he is, yeah. and uh, and of course you interviewed Maradona and you played against mm. him, so you you're in a good position to compare the two. Yeah, I I I, I think Messi's. I mean, I never thought I'd see a better player than Diego uh, Maradona. Was unbelievable, and I used to you know I was so much in awe of him. It was as everyone was in those days, and. Um, but I think when you look at Messi, he does everything and more that Diego could do. He's, he's, his goal-scoring ratio is, you know, pretty much a goal a game. Mm. Diego's was about one in two, which is, you know, pretty good, certainly in those days. It's, it's a bit easier now. But also, he's the best dribbler I've ever seen, Messi, and he's, he's as good a passer as I've ever seen. Now, Diego was great at both as well. But, but I think when you take into that account the longevity that Messi's done it in for, mm. for what is it now? Mm. Ooh, about fifteen years, something yeah. like that. Um, what about the World same Cups, level? That, well, that's that, the only that, argument mm. against a World Cup. But a World Cup's like a precarious business. It's a, it's a knockout played once mm. every four years. Mm. So you need all sorts of things to come together. Nowadays, you could you could argue that in the old days because that was the only time you'd see all the world's best play on in in the same competition. Whereas now you see it in the Champions League, all the world's best play in the Champions League. Year in year out, and he's won that under three or four times. Mm. Um, it's you know, but most people don't talk about Messi or Maradona. They talk about Messi or Ronaldo. Now, mm. Ronaldo, I'm also a huge fan of. I'm a massive admirer of, of him. I think he's one of, one of the greatest goal scorers of all times. No question about that. But for me, football is about watching it and getting joy from it. And when I watch Messi play. It, make, it makes me feel joyous. It's mm, like he does mm. four or five things in a game that just get you off your seat. And for me, that is is the difference between the, the two of them. And, and they're both and they're both spurred each other on. And I think we can enjoy them both. Mm. And it's and it's fine to have the opinion that you think Ronaldo's better or yeah. Maradona's better. That's fine. That's, it's just my view. Mm. Yeah, so, it's not quantifiable, of course. No, of course it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's, that's, that's the thing about... You, you went You went to Spain and, and, and played abroad, and we've seen kind of recently a few more players. There. There's some good, funny stories in the in the book about your time there as well. That's yeah. a, just when you were learning the language, I did like the... When you went furniture shopping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good story. And, uh, yeah, used the word you didn't intend to. Well, yeah, that, the, the Spanish um, for draws is uh, cajón. Yeah, and so I went. We were in a furniture shop. And we were looking for some bedside tables with a couple of drawers in it. So I said, "We can do buscando una mesa con con dos cojones." Which now I think we all know what cojones. I think we do. So yeah, but it's quite hard apparently these in those days to find bedside drawers with a couple of balls. But. Would you, I mean, we've seen, as we said, we've seen Jaden Sancho do it very successfully. We've seen a few more players thinking of doing it. Um, it didn't. It, there was a kind of around your time we saw players do it. Then there was a kind of a, a period when it didn't happen. But would would you advise it as a lifestyle? Would you tell players to do it now? I think it's a great experience if you can do it. Certainly at some point in your career. Mm. Um, obviously, it has to be the right club. Has to be the right time. 
Um, yeah, there are one or two players now. Reese Nelson was there, wasn't he? You know, he's on loan, obviously. But yeah. um, Jaden Sancho, you mentioned Kieran Trippier now at, at Atletico. I think it's great because it gives you a bit more of an, an education and it also gives you a great opportunity to live a different culture, a different lifestyle and, and the opportunity too to, to learn a language that which you wouldn't ordinarily get the opportunity to do so without, you know, going to full-time school, which mm. you're not going to do in this country. When, But, I, yeah, I would definitely, you know, advocate it if if it's what you want to do. In, in my time, of course, a lot of players played abroad because financially as well, it was a mass, massively different. Yeah. Um, you could earn way more abroad than you could, in Italy or in Spain or in Germany than you, than you could in the old... League Division One, mm. whereas now that's not the case. Of course, no. you, you know it's, you, you can pay as well as anywhere in the world. So um, it's it's slightly different in that sense. So you've got to go there as a for an experience um, and to to learn different aspects of life and football. Yeah. Did you learn any Catalan while you're there? Because that's the I, thing. In you learn yeah. Spanish, and then people in Barcelona say, "Well, yeah, but as your Catalan coming on, <laughs> yeah, that's well, an expectation, no, it, isn't it's it? The fo- it, it was Spanish. The dressing room was Spanish. Yeah. You know, because they were mm. from all over Spain, so yeah. it was. It made sense to learn Spanish. I I could understand a lot of Catalan when I was in there, and I had a few phrases and a bit of words. And in interviews on the radio and the TV, they'd often ask the answer. The questions in Catalan you'd answer in Spanish. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. Just Spanish. Audio of learning one language. Yeah, there was, there was a, I just I remember one, you, we beat Spain, you scored four goals against Spain, yeah. didn't you? And they <laughs> said afterwards, what's it like to score four goals against uh, Spain, uh, uh, Spain when you uh, you play for a Spanish club? And you said, I don't play for a Spanish club, I play for a Catalan. <laughs> well, actually, it wasn't quite that. What it was, <laughs> it, was, it was the headline the next day in the uh. local paper in Barcelona was that they have two papers each day just on the football yeah. club basically yeah. and the front page headline was Catalan player scores four against <laughs> it's quite much nice well, I want to take you back to the World Cup semi-final against Croatia I was interested yeah. in the book the way you said that a game affected you virtually as a yeah. fan because really. yeah. you, you weren't working that night no correct. no no, because no, ITV did that game yeah. uh, we'd done the quarter final um, and then we were in the ground and obviously my main ambition when I play football, obviously, would would have been to win the World Cup or been, win the European Championships. But my main ambition now would be to to broadcast a final that involved England, whether it be the Euros mm. or preferably, mm. obviously, the World Cup. But so to be that close, and I, we sat there and watched the game. We we're doing highlights, so I did a bit on the pitch after. But we sat there with cheer and was so, so yeah, nervous, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. the tension. Um, and then we got ahead, and we thought, and it was just, it was. So close. It's tough watching. 20 yeah. minutes. I know, I know, but it's happened before. But we're improving and we've got some yeah. great young players coming through. And I genuinely think we're going to go, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to be seriously competitive in the major tournaments. Next summer might be a bit early for us, but if you look at, you know, Qatar after that, I think, yeah. with the amount of talent we've got coming through, I think we, we're going to be up there as the favourites. Craig Dyke favorites. was right. He said we were going to win it, didn't he? Well, that clock, back. didn't they? St. George, they still got it there? On, <laughs> yeah. I mean, 2022, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they had said. the countdown, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah. yeah. So who knows? I mean, we, we will be one of the favourites in that competition. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. 
Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. You asked me if I'd ever heard of Arthur Friedrich. Yeah, I got his name wrong. <laughs> Brilliant, he built it? five minutes of the show on a bloke he said you've never heard of, simply because he got his name wrong. I know. What is his name? Arthur Friedenrich. He was some kind of pioneer in the world of Brazilian sport, wasn't he? Yeah, Brazilian football. He was Brazilian first, football. Brazil's first mixed-race footballer. I think he played for about 20, 25 years, in yeah. sort of from the early 1900s to sort of 1930-odd. And you said that he'd done loads of other things as well. You know, he was kind of a bit of a sort of polymath. He had an yeah, interesting story, Andy. But you couldn't tell me any more about his story. You couldn't tell me what else he'd done. No, I couldn't. So I invited the TalkSport listeners, many of whom actually do know what his name is, unlike you, to fill in the gaps. And they have done. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Friedrich was nicknamed the Tiger. That sounds like it could be true. That's that comrade. probably true, I reckon. Arthur Friedrich, uh, wrong name, invented pulled pork, <laughs> says uh, yeah, Carl. he didn't. Pulled yeah. pork, what, in 1920? Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little known fact, on a uh, trip to England, Arthur Friedrich found the source of the river Urk at the end of my street in Royton, <laughs> says uh, really? Adam. Just some of the things he I did. I do like fishing on the river Urk. Um, this comes from Josh in Birmingham. He said, did you know Arthur Friedrich invented Gagan Press? Uh, he also rather <laughs> unsuccessfully trying to import the pucker pie onto the streets of San Paolo. Uh, Arthur Friedenrich was uh, once in a band uh, with uh, Ian Wright and Ted Lowe. Uh, they were called Wright Ted Fred, apparently. Marvellous. Says Richard Johnson, who's got a bit puntastic. Very Just good, some man. of the things we didn't know about Arthur Friedrich, or indeed Friedenrich. one of the things we didn't know about him is that his name was wrong at quarter past one. But just make him up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There's a new book uh, about the war against cash. It's called the War Against Cash by Ross Clark. Oh, yeah. And it's this idea that, you know, basically everything's on your phone, yeah. all your cards, all your passes, everything, fine, and people like that. But I had this the other night where I went to park at Chelsea before the game. Oh, yeah. And I always leave it on a metre. with a, I have to put about an hour's worth in around that area. It's yeah, quite yeah. expensive, about three or four quid. So what I do, I make sure that when I go there... I've got three or four quid in my pocket. I need yeah. to go and buy something, make sure I've got some change, whatever. I've done that for years and years and years. Get there on Tuesday night, no more meters. It's all phone, pay by phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. It took me five minutes and 56 oh, seconds. Oh, mate. I was going mad. Mm. I was going, how is this an advance over what we <laughs> Who are you before? shouting at? No one in particular. No. Is anybody who went past? Yeah, anybody... You're frightening the kids, were yeah, you? Yeah, I was just shouting to myself. Shouting at the pigeons. Yeah, honestly. you got to download the app, Andy. Downloaded this, about yeah. two or three apps that cover most car No, parks. I get it now. I've and when it. you've got yeah. them... You're sorted. Is it quicker? 
Uh, it, well, it's kind of well. You just because you came prepared like the good Boy Scout you were, mm. most people turn up without change. Yeah, and then when, from them, it's for them it would be better. I get that, you know. But I mean, it's, things. It's it, it. No one's ever got any cash, have they? I suppose the not. lad, uh, the yeah. lad who tells the big issue when I come out of the station, and uh, I was, I said, got "Have you got your reader got yet?" Card, yeah. no, they're getting them. They're all. I, I think the, the great thing is all the, uh, the big issue salespeople are going to get their own readers, and I think that's going to make such a big difference. Our producer's got his own card reader, and he likes it when we tip him. Yeah, tips that's him. right. We give well, we do, after, we the show, after the show, we give him a drink. <laughs> it's a bit like um, the free fringe. We give him what the sh we think the show was worth. <laughs> so he doesn't make a great deal. He doesn't. Yeah. And uh, TripAdvisor uh, intercepted one million fake reviews last year. And I was thinking, they might as well change it to take it with a pinch of salt dot com. Yeah. I mean, I, when I use TripAdvisor, I basically, unless five or six people say the same thing, I just, yeah. you always get the one and they say, this place was terrible. You think, well, everybody else liked it. What's wrong with you? No, there was a, there was a, a corker a little while ago there. Somebody had gone, I was checking out a hotel and everybody had given it good marks. And then there was this kind of rogue one star. Mm. And uh, it was from a woman who said, her and her husband had been uh, robbed when they were in the town centre. <laughs> well, that would affect you. <laughs> yeah. It's not the hotel's fault, though, no, is it? it's not the hotel's fault. That's you very, can't blame the hotel for that's, that. That's very true. Yeah. And overweight people are more likely to have overweight dogs. I suppose that's logical, isn't it? You know, it's a bit I don't like know. it's the same with children. I mean, surely, if you're on that basis, they'd have very thin dogs, wouldn't they? <laughs> Why? Well, they wouldn't be getting many scraps, would they? <laughs> oh, I see, that's a good point. I don't know, I'm, I'm not a professor or no. uh, an animal behaviourist or anything, and but I'm just... just Oh, yeah. Putting it out there. One person looking particularly good, though, oh, yeah. everyone, is uh, Greg Wallace. Oh, uh, yeah, but he's got a thin dog at the moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, uh, his physique looks incredible for a bloke of his age, mm. and he's obviously, I reckon he's training. Seemed quite keen to show it off, though, didn't yeah. he? In, in the he's done that newspaper. classic, tedious, selfie mirror pose with the yeah. phone. Suck, I think he was sucking in a bit, you. Well, I'm not Greg, sure. He's not he looks, sucking in a bit? No, I think he's no. very defined. He's very toned, but he must have, no. I'd say that's about two or three hours worth a day. And, and he looks fantastic, but then he put the, the snap on Instagram and he went, getting there. You think, shut up, you're not getting did there. Did he not say... Did working he, on it for about six months to a year. Did he least. not say fitness has never got tougher <laughs> than this? It's something like that, yeah. definitely. So there you go. Anything else? Uh, Is that you? A few Arthur Friedrich uh, comments. Yeah, now, Andy, in the first now case you missed us, said it, have you ever heard of Arthur Friedrich? And I hadn't. Friedrich. Yeah, well, no, that, that's the whole point, no, Andy. Oh, you yeah, got his name, name wrong in I the know, first yeah. hour, which didn't help. I've <laughs> never heard of Arthur Friedrich either. I'd love to pretend <laughs> that's where it all fell down. But um, Andy said he's had an amazing life story, Arthur Friedrich, and then he told mm. us one thing about him, and I said, what else? He said, well, I don't know anything else. So he is... <laughs> What is the what is the absolute opposite of a mine of information? That's what you are. And um, we asked the listeners to tell us more about Arthur Friedenrich, and I'm getting a sense they made them up because Matt Byrne says uh, Arthur was the first man to introduce the trouser with an elasticated gusset into Brazil. He was. We should point out that Arthur was uh, a great pioneer of Brazilian football. He invented the Cruyff turn, says Charlie in Birmingham. Won the, won the first ever Brazilian no, Grand Prix, ridiculous. which was only contested by six cars with. Three finishers, says uh, Jody from Essex. Uh, he invented, like, yeah, he invented beeswax. <laughs> and he, yeah, what about that, says uh, Rev in Reading. Um, none of these are true. And he won the first ever annual cheese rolling at Cooper's Hill in Gloucester. So some of the things we never like knew that aren't true. Original though. member of the magi magical magician duo, not magical, ma magic duo. <laughs> 
Friedenrich and Roy. Friedenrich and Roy, he was. Now, hold on a minute. I've got to find... Uh, where's my WhatsApp gone? Cause I want to, oh, yes. Yeah. Here it is. I've got a list here of the 50 most influential people in cricket. Wow, this what about is that? marvellous, isn't it? Number yeah. one, you've got Tom Harrison, Chief Executive of the ECB. Can't argue with that, can yeah, you? Number two, Ashley Giles. I won't go through all of them. Yeah. Uh, ben Stokes, number four. Owen Morgan, number five. And lots of other people. Coming in at a tremendous 41, number 41, yeah. is our very own John Norman. What about Cricket that? editor, Talk Sport. John made, John made the top 50, did he? Yeah. So he's, he's more influential than James Anderson. Who was at 44? <laughs> yeah. And Joffrey Archer, 46. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, it's incredible, really. I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, only ahead of him, number 40, Sir Alastair Cook. <laughs> I mean, let's see what the two people have given towards the game. Yeah. It, you can see why well, they're... Virat the worst K- one is Virat Kohli. Virat Kohli is the 38th, and John Norman is the 41st most... Look, well, John's our friend. Virat Far be it from Kohli. us, but... I'd say I would say Virat Kohli is three more in terms of influence generally in the world of cricket. This is a man that's single-handedly keeping the flag flying for Test cricket on a whole continent. The most influential person in the entire world of cricket is Virat Kohli. Yeah, this is a man that if he didn't champion, if he just said Test cricket, now can't be bothered. If he stopped playing, that'd be it. That'd be, yeah. It would be three men and a dog. Wouldn't it really? That's true. For most uh, India Test matches, yeah. But uh, so I'm sorry, John. As much as we love you, you are not <laughs> three less more influential. I am impressed though than Virat. Kohli. I thought I'd be in, on the list for my uh, Dillian White instructions. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not sure a cricket magazine's <laughs> going to put you on a list for suggesting that um, Dillian White should go and punch all the England players in the face after a bad morning in the field. <laughs> not a great idea, is no, it? It's a bit they violent, a bit horrible, all really. Out, really. They were 67 all out, yeah, but still. Although yeah, okay. well, Dillian White thought it was a good idea. He, he, he responded on social yeah. media, didn't he? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's Arthur oh, Friedrich. He was spinning in his grave. I take it he is dead. He's not coming in tomorrow, is he, Arthur? He yeah, okay, sorry. In 1933, Two different stories. Sorry, Arthur. Arthur. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll have the clips of the week and all sorts of other bits and pieces as well. Ruby Walsh will be joining us from the Rugby World Cup in Japan. That's why you always take one of the great jockeys of our time to the Rugby World Cup, don't you? Uh, We'll find out more about that tomorrow. Have a good evening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.